0: I'm Michelle.
1: I'm Chris. And I'm SP from the Starling Tribune.
0: A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network.
1: Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageek.com.
0: And get ready because geekiness begins in...
1: 3... 2...
0: 1... Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The intellectual podcast starts now. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I didn't expect that, Winnie, to say pumpkin spice lattes and have you call me basic bitch. So that's uh, that's fun. Yeah. Welcome to the intellectual podcast. I'm 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 David Dawson.
0: I'm Whitney Wegman.
1: And uh, we don't have any guests for you uh, today. No, we don't. It's just two of us.
0: Yeah, just hanging out.
1: Intellectual twosome. Yeah. Um, uh, Before we get into everything, uh, we just want to say a shout out for one of our sister programs on the Gunna Geek Network. Uh, We want to bring your attention to Game Life Balance Australia. You know, it's been a good year for video games. It has been. Um, Spider-Man was amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you've played it yet. Um, and most recently, Red Dead Redemption 2 has come out. That, game
0: that one looks, looks really incredible. cool.
1: And uh, Game Life Balance Australia says Red Dead Redemption 2 is out, and it's all that Rob can think about. But before the boys take a deep dive into discussing that hot new release, they need to discuss the Vectrex, their featured console for this episode. So slap on your colored overlay, let the gentle buzz of the speakers wash over you, and don't worry about the difference between vectors and pixels because it's too hard to explain and your lovable hosts are too dumb to grasp it anyway. (laughs) That's Game Life Balance Australia at the Gunna Geek Network. And uh, you can check them out at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com. Make sure you check that out. And make sure you go to gunnageek.com and check out all of the amazing shows that are on our network.
0: They Uh, have a ton.
1: They have a ton. And uh, we just launched the Gunna Geek Discord channel for all the gamer types and young types out there who like to chat on a gamer board. Uh, If you go to gunnageek.com slash discord, you can join our Discord and you can chat directly with us at the Intellectual Podcast and any of the Gunna Geek Network podcasts. There are channels for all of them on Discord there. And uh, it's pretty cool. Like even my even my little nephews were like, "Whoa, you're on Discord!" Like all of (laughs) a sudden, they're following us on Discord.
0: I was gonna say, at some point, we should interview your nephews regarding what are the hot new games because well, they're. They're younger than us, believe it or not, quite you a bit. You know, that's a
1: really good idea. And, and we're coming up on Christmas shopping season. Yeah. So, we, you know, we used to, on the show, Once Upon a Time, and on the sister show we used to do, which was the Sci-Fi Sunday podcast, we used to do a Christmas episode where we talked about things you could get, you know, your friends, your coworkers, like whatever. I think that's a wonderful idea. And the kids have well, been asking you. to be on the show for a little while anyway. I just haven't had like the right angle.
0: Well, that's... and I'm sure all the geek mom and dads out there would love the insight of, you know, we know what's cool for us, and that's like, you know, things from the 80s and 90s, and we're trying to make the kids like those things, but we should hear from actual children.
1: The kids do like the games from then, actually. It's really interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I like the games from them. It's funny whenever you're asking about it. It's like, no, I'm like old school. Pac-Man, Mario, maybe a little Sonic. <laughs>
1: My eight year old nephew, Sean, uh, he's been downloading emulators to his PC and he's been playing like classic, classic games from that era. And, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to seeing them, seeing them on the TVs and stuff.
0: So up until my mid twenties, I had an original Nintendo system and I went away to college and my mom got rid of it. (laughs) I the, I'm still upset about it. Not going to (laughs) lie. I had like duck hunt and like all the Mario games and I used to love playing duck hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Duck hunt and have to blow in the cartridge whenever it froze up.
1: <laughs> was that your first uh, game console? Yeah. 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 See, I'm old enough <laughs> that I had like a, an Atari, uh, Atari. Oh God, which model was it? I want to say 3,600. Uh, but I mean, I had one of the earlier Atari mm-hmm. models. Um, I actually had pong. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> i I've played I it. i do, I am old enough to have gone back in the day where I remember enjoying moving two bars up and down the side yep. of a screen with a little square dot bouncing between them and thinking this is amazing Now
0: did Atari also have the space invaders one where you like moved it uh left to right to sh-
1: yeah, yeah. I, but I didn't like playing it on my Atari. I, I preferred dropping the quarters because the 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 console at the at the game. Uh, shops had the ball. So you can spin and fly around to get all your stuff. Using a joystick on that game is just not quite the yeah. same.
0: See now my big one as far as like shoving quarters, my uh my aunt used to own a, a little diner restaurant and they had a, a Tetris game. I sat there for hours. I got really good at Tetris. By the way, I can Tetris a fridge like nobody's business. <laughs> Groceries? Bam, bam bam bam
1: I attribute my ability to pack uh, the gear in the back of a truck to, to my Tetris uh, yeah. Tetris days. yeah. <laughs> but I liked playing 3D Tetris. Did you ever play 3D Tetris? No. It's where the pieces came down. Like you were looking down a well and the pieces came down like kind of past your field of vision. And they fit three dimensionally into Trippy. a squared uh, well.
0: Which game system had that?
1: Uh, it was a computer deal. It was like a freeware version huh. of software that, that somebody wrote. It's cool. It was cool.
0: Maybe if I had played that, I'd be better at some of the more modern games that are three dimensional. I run into walls. (laughs) (laughs) I love watching people who are good at it though. Like, you know, you can get a room full of people playing Silent Hill or Resident Evil and like, everybody's attentive because something's going to jump out and scare the crap out of you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, my my cousin Eric, he brought over his uh, PlayStation VR
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for a couple of months here. And so for a while there, you know, we'd be standing here in the living room you know, looking like dopes with the big headgear on, but like freaking out because things are scaring us in the virtual world. Um, pretty amazing, like what you can do at home now. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's just unbelievable. Some of those games are terrifying. Like you really get immersed in it. And you oh, forget. Yeah. You forget where you're at. Like it's incredible. It
0: sure you start worrying about. Like, have you seen the Black Mirror episode where the game is just like that? You literally just touch a button and it's yeah, completely immersive.
1: Yeah, that that yeah. show. Yeah. I it's, love that show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it It pulls from so many things that are, you know, just inches it's out of our reality just, that it's like, yep, I just can see in, it
1: in the near enough future that you can see mm-hmm. it being a reality.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: one where, uh, where you record everything you see and people have access to yeah. it. <laughs> that episode like completely freaked me out.
0: What, what's creepy for me, like uh, ever since uh, that episode
1: also starred, uh, Jodie Whittaker, the yeah. new Doctor Who.
0: Oh yeah, it did. It didn't didn't even occur to me that that was her. That totally was her. Um, But that same technology, uh, I remember, I guess this has been quite a few years ago now, Robin Williams was in Final Cut, which was Mm -hmm. kind of the same idea, only you couldn't access it while you were alive. And I always thought, oh, man, that'd be so cool. Like, I would would get a little recorder, mostly because, you know, I like to cut together videos and things. And so, but... uh, I don't know. My, my my husband is always like, yeah, but you should just be present in the moment and experience it that way because you know, what you're experiencing versus what your memories tell you you experienced are two different things. Cause you have the input of the emotion you experienced at that time. And I'm like, yeah, your husband I- just
1: doesn't want videos of him naked getting out into the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's probably it.
1: Uh, uh, speaking of final cut, um, Brian, my brother-in-law Brian, has been trying to get me to watch that movie forever. Really? Yeah, he's a huge fan of that film. Um,
0: It's really... Have You've you never seen it? I've never seen it. Oh, it's really good.
1: Like, I know all about it. Yeah. (laughs) But I haven't seen it. I haven't had a chance to see it.
0: Yeah. Although, it'll probably just make you sad because you'll think about Robin Williams. That makes me sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But we did... But but we watched his golf uh, bit today. Yeah, that was great. doesn't make me sad. It, It makes me miss Robin Williams being... Part of the universe, but, uh, but you know, he, 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 left his legacy. He did. And, and you remember people, uh, through watching their films and stuff. And that's
0: good. That is true.
1: Um, if, if we believe in the harmony of the universe, letting their song continue on is how we keep them alive, right? Yeah. So, um, so you, uh, you, we're going to put the spotlight on you. On me. Whitney Wegman. Mm-hmm the 2018 San Diego Film Awards Best Actress.
0: Yeah, that happened.
1: <laughs> uh, you made a pretty substantial decision for yourself in the last few weeks.
0: I did. Um, yeah, well, I made it probably a couple months ago, to be totally honest, but then I finally actually like said it out loud to the world. And, uh, technically, and took steps forward on it. Yes, and, and technically the world being Facebook, I I don't know, There's that's like the only platform to make big announcements if you feel like you need to make an announcement uh which i guess is good you know you 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 hold yourself more accountable whenever you say something out loud and tell people um so yeah i uh i have decided that i am going to uh full-time pursue my acting and performance career and i went ahead and put in my letter of resignation to the college that i work at and uh yeah That is my my goal going into 2019 is to survive as an actress full time. And uh, to that end, I'm, yeah, I've been, you know, just trying to put my resume out there and put my information out there as much as possible, uh, get some uh, new representation and, you know, the form of like a commercial agent and a manager and all those many people that you have to have on a team. Mm -hmm. There's a lot actually
1: (laughs) well Um, you know we've 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 talked to a number of people on the show uh, since you became my co-host um we've talked to many people on the show about who are successful working actors but every one of them's like you gotta have a manager you gotta have a agent you've gotta have a commercial agent you gotta have a theatrical agent like whatever (laughs) like it is a team of people got to have a photographer to take good headshots of mm-hmm. you and you know when you reach a certain level you have to have a PR person you know keeping track track of all that you literally are a business in and of yourself who has to employ people to run your business so yeah. um but the first stage of that business is making the decision to start up and and move out of I don't want to say hobbyist mode but move out of part-time mode maybe yeah. Where it's kind of secondary to a regular job that gives you the stability and safety and whatever, but you're, you're cutting the line mm-hmm. and jumping clear into the abyss, the
0: seas. <laughs> abyss. <laughs>
1: and hoping that you find something to float with. Right. I mean, yeah,
0: pretty much. I mean, you, you're, you're dead on with that. Like being an actor is like having your own small business. And if anyone out there has ever had a small business, you know, that it's, 40-hour-a-week job minimum, probably more like 80 hours a week. And so, yeah, I mean, the challenge, of course, is like you have to still pay the bills. You know, everybody has to. And so I've had, you know, my daytime jobs, my professor jobs, my you know, teaching jobs all, all over the board. Um, and going further back, you know, my, my stint is like Starbucks barista, etc., etc. Um, And, yeah, that's really hard because between your, you know, your keeping afloat jobs and your small business of being an actor, that's, boy, like 120 hours a week. I don't even know how many hours are in a week. <laughs> it, but that takes up a lot of them, you know? Um, so, yeah, hopefully – I I have to – so a friend of mine was – he saw my post, and he sent me this little thing, and I, I hope that it ends up being, you know, um, coming to fruition, but uh, in regards to my post, he said, things tend to happen when you make room for them, so – uh hopefully he's right. I'm making room for for my career to really take off and I'm putting a lot of energy into it. So well, and
1: and you've already put a lot of groundwork into it. I mean, you you've got a master's degree in acting. You, you you've studied it, you've done stage, you've performed in in short films, you've done a a feature film or two now. Um what is it about this moment for you? that pushed you over the edge to make the decision that now's the time to, you know, throw caution to the wind and, and make this the full-time pursuit. I mean, you've, you've obviously been moving towards this moment for a long time, but what is it about this particular moment that made it the right time for you to try it?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know that there, I like, I don't know that it was any certain thing. I mean, I definitely, so I was just working on a feature film and, uh, it was kind of grueling because we were doing overnights and I was also teaching. Um, and so I was exhausted, but every time I got on set, no matter how tired I was, I'd drink a little caffeine or a lot of caffeine and then just like go for it. And, and this was the
1: same time that we were doing the audio drama for yeah,
0: yeah, San Dr- Diego Who comes? Yeah. There was a lot of things happening in like a frame of two or three weeks. Um, and I would get home. Well, one, like just performing and being in the moment. I was having a blast no matter what type of scene it was, you know, um, having fun with my co-stars and, um, like, you know, I did all my actor research and everything, but in the moment it was just that sort of like serendipitous, it all came easy. And I'm sure it came easy because I did the groundwork in the first place, but, um, it didn't feel like work, (laughs) I guess was the point. And I mean, it never really has. Like I've always, enjoyed acting but um, I just I was like, why am, why don't I get to do this all the time? I want to be doing this all the time. This doesn't feel like work. this is the kind of work that I'd like to do, the kind that doesn't feel like work. Um, and to be able to say that whenever you're like absolutely exhausted <laughs> between both you know like I didn't want to go home. like e- even though I was tired, it was like you know one in the morning and I'm like, I have to get up at six tomorrow. If I had, if if we could stay, I would have stayed and done that the rest of the night. So, I don't know. I just, I started thinking about, well, what's what's in my way of being able to do this all the time and enjoy myself like this? And it's like, well, having a daytime job, that really stifles what you're able to do. And um, I don't know, just over the course of those two weeks, it. this is going to sound like really weird and hippy-dippy out there, but... I kept on having this nagging sense in the back of my head, like I was being told something. And as the weeks went on that we were working on this uh, production, it kind of got louder and it was literally just the word jump. Just do it, you know? So um, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping into the abyss.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's... um. the reason I wanted to make sure we talked about it on the show is we've, we we've always put an emphasis on the intellectual podcast about talking to people at all stages in their career path. Mm -hmm. So we've talked to people who've had the successful career. We've talked to people who are in the midst of it. We've talked to people who've kind of been up and down and and are dealing with kind of really big highs and then really low lows. Um, But I, I think this is a unique opportunity that, since you're my co-host for one. Um, but for two, you're also an actress that I deeply admire and respect.
0: Oh, thank you. And
1: yeah. here you are making that choice to pursue it full time. And in some ways, because of your involvement on the podcast, like we're going to be able to check in with you periodically yeah. throughout this process and see how how it's going. And But I wanted to have kind of like the the yardstick here where we go, this is when she took the leap. You know, like this is the start of that moment, um, because it'll be, it'll be a fun kind of living document, I think with you, um, let's
0: hope so. (laughs) See how the journey goes,
1: you know, look, my, my belief is it doesn't matter. The the end result doesn't matter. It's the journey that's important. And the fact that you're taking the journey and you're going to pursue it and you're going to do everything you can, that's the ultimate, like good on you, great reward emotionally. Like I think you'll feel good about it no matter how it turns out because you're taking that that chance and you're taking that leap. I'm a a little bit older than you. I got into filmmaking a little bit late, partially because I was terrified to jump into this business uh, when I was younger. I waited until the tools became a bit more affordable and things were a little more kind of digital in nature than the analog that it was when I started. But that meant I was like already pushing 30 before I started taking classes on filmmaking. Right. And I didn't start making movies till I was into my thirties and, you know, I'm kind of an old dog, you know, for where I'm at in my career. If I was at my, this point in my career pushing 30, if I had the talent I have now and the knowledge I have now at age 30, it would have been a very different career path for me. Well, you know, mid (laughs) forties, I've waited a long time and I've, I've been honing my craft, but sometimes I feel like maybe I'm a little bit old, uh, to be completely committing to that jump. Like there's other things in my life I should probably do before the end, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I don't, I don't know where to be for myself right now.
0: Um, I mean, I guess that's the thing, but I, but inevitably
1: I always look back and I'm like, I wish I'd started this when I was 20. I wish I'd taken the leap a little bit sooner. I wish I'd not let, all the doubts and stuff kind of creep in. And I admire anybody who takes the leap, and you're taking the leap. And I'm super, super proud of you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Um, I've been, you know, rah, rah cheerleader about you <laughs> for a while, you know. So it, when you told me that this is what you wanted to do, I was like 100% on board. I'm like, yes, go for it. Absolutely.
0: That's the thing that I found. Like, everyone that I've talked to, you know, f- family, other people in the industry, um, obviously my husband, everybody was like, yeah, do it. There was nobody that was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is a good idea. Everybody's like, yeah, why? Uh, well, we don't understand. <laughs> why Why are you having a hard time with this decision?
1: Well, I think it's, um, well, and, and it, it's, it's expectations, right? Like we grow up with certain expectations. They're, they're, they're put upon us in the things we watch on, on film, they're put upon us in the schooling that we're given. I mean, let's face it. Most of the schooling we're given in America is not about being a big dreamer. <laughs> it's about following the status quo and fitting in to kind of this quote unquote, normal path of progression. Um, and even when you start talking about, you know, faith or, 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 you know, social norms, it's like, you know, graduate high school, go to college, get married, have children, you know, grow your career. Um, and it's a progression that's very linear and it's very kind of like laid out for you. And what we do in this business, especially is so not, (laughs) not structured. Um, and I think, I think it's hard even for us who have the heart for it, sometimes to to admit that we're not going to live a life that follows that standard progression that kind of we've been raised to expect that we're supposed to do as well. Um, and it works for a lot of people. Like I'm not saying that it's a bad life for the people who choose to follow that progression and live their life that way, but I'm not wired that way, but I've always struggled with that. And it held me back early on, being able to kind of admit that I should be beyond that kind of expectation for myself and follow the things that I want to do, you know, um, including taking a year off just so I could go learn to sail, <laughs> you know, like I, That's
0: awesome, I by the way. ended
1: everything and spent a year learning to sail. It was the, one of the best years of my life. I bet, you know, and, uh, and in everything that I've done in my life and I look back now at middle age, ugh, <laughs> I look back now And my happiest memories are the times where I took leaps that were completely out of normal life and sent me on these journeys and these paths that were unexpected, unplanned, and totally awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've always found in my life, like the points where I just get either so frustrated or, yeah, it's usually frustrated, that I'm like, fine, I don't know what I'm doing. Clearly there's a plan at foot here. Somebody else drive. I usually fall into things that are super unexpected. That's kind of what happened with me getting into graduate school. Um, I just all through my life, like whenever I've done that, I've thrown my hands up in the air and just gone with the flow. I found the best things happen. Um, and not in the way that I expected
1: them to. Yeah. This podcast is completely unexpected. Like this this was never on my radar. Um, but in the end, it's done some amazing things, you know, just cause like one day I decided I'm going to take the leap. Yeah. You know, somebody's doing something I like and I think I can do it too. And I jumped at it and here we are 200 and I think this is the 228th episode.
0: Wow. And we've got to meet some, you know? even just in the time I've been working with you, we've met some really interesting people and traveled quite a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, done some red carpets. And, yeah. You know, um. And you weren't around during the during the Nerd HQ days when we got to do Nerd HQ down at Comic-Con? No,
0: I was not. Got
1: to experience a lot of that stuff too. That was that was incredible. But now we're moving into a new phase where we're going to be doing panels and
0: <laughs> you know, Yeah.
1: Um maybe maybe this readers theater thing on a more regular basis? That was so much fun. It was so much fun and we definitely need to pursue that. I don't want to let that drop. I yeah. know I know I've not been like big on talking about it since we finished the hukon thing, but I've I've been working.
0: What is our audience up to date on what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh both of our both of our WhoCon podcasts have gone out already. Oh, I talked about the experience. So
0: great.
1: Um but yeah that that was fun. And that that again too was one of those things where I just kind of threw it into the universe. I'm like, I want to do this. And then I get a phone call from the organizers at San Diego Hukon They're like, hey you guys want to do something here?
0: Yeah. And it was a blast. And wh- what's crazy is like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if this is a consequence of this, but maybe it's just because it was like universally out there. I-, I haven't really done that much voiceover work. So that was like one of the few voiceover things. And I just got done doing a voiceover audition yep. with with David's assistance. So uh, who knows? Maybe that's yet another avenue that because it's out there and because we've been talking about it, it's like, okay, this is the kind of work you're going to suddenly get. It's weird how that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and... On my own side, like you can hear me playing the voice of Yoda right now at StarWars.com in one of the Sandy uh, in one of the Star Wars Fan Film Award films. Um, so, Star Wars The Toys Awaken, go to StarWars.com, go to the Fan Film Awards. Star Wars The Toys Awaken is playing on the Fan Film Awards uh, audience choice right now. I'm Yoda. Uh, please go vote for my film. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's like Mixed your live action and stop motion animation.
0: (laughs) Now, can you say go vote you will and Yoda speak?
1: (laughs) Mm, Go vote you will. (laughs) Awesome.
0: So you haven't actually gotten to talk about that a whole lot on this show. No, because I was supposed
1: to keep it. Yeah, it was all
0: hush hush. But now that it's out, how did you get involved in doing that?
1: Um, Well, again, this is one of those things where once you start putting yourself out there, you start making connections with people, right? So... um, We were nominated for a San Diego film award for best writing in 2015. Um, that was the second year of the San Diego film awards. And, uh, Brian and I went to the show and we thought, oh, this is cool. It could be better. And so I volunteered to start helping out with the film awards and I've been, you know, one of the producers and, uh, active members of producing the San Diego film awards ever since. Um, the graphics work for that show is done by a gentleman named Raymond Montemayor here in San Diego who is a very talented graphic artist and um, a couple of years ago, he uh, made a a Star Wars fan film called Star Wars Toy Stories and uh and I loved it it was incredibly cool. It was a combination of toy story and star Wars, like all blended together. And it's stop motion toy animation mixed with live action.
0: That had to take him so long. Um,
1: and it's, it's incredible the work that he's done on it. And it's been very well received in the comic con community and the star Wars community. And he made a, a second one called, uh, star Wars, toy stories, rogue one, or, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, that one won a whole bunch of awards like all over the world. That's awesome. And because of my involvement in the film awards, I've been working with Ray for the last three years, (laughs) four years on the film awards, graphics and stuff. And we've kind of gotten a nice rapport and uh, he's actually hired me once or twice for some corporate work to do voice voice work for him uh, because I'm also the voice of the San Diego film awards. So you know, he heard me for a couple of years going, and the nominees are, <laughs> and, uh, and so he hired me a couple of times and I was like, Hey, you know, when next time you go do a Star Wars movie, like I'd love to audition for a part. <laughs> so flash forward to this past summer, we're at Comic-Con and we didn't do much coverage at Comic-Con this year as the intellectuals. We just kind of did our own thing this year, which was kind of a new thing for me. Um, but at one point, Mike Peterson and I were wandering around. And we ran into Ray and he was like coming out of some shop. He had like bags and bags of Star (laughs) Wars toys and stuff. And, but he has a table and they do, uh, he has a signing table at comic-con last couple of years. I'm hoping I get to go over one this year, (laughs) but, uh, but I ran into him and I was like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Oh, Hey, you you know, he's like, I'm making another Star Wars movie. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, oh my God, you know? can I audition? Like, is there a part that I could play? And he's like, actually, how's your Yoda? <laughs> and I said, which Yoda? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, Yoda of Empire is very different from Yoda. of The prequels. Who's very different from the Yoda clone wars, the cartoons. And, and who's also a little bit different from the Yoda that ends up appearing even in rebels. Like there are variations on the delivery of Yoda. Like, what Yoda are you looking for? And
0: I assume probably different voiceover artists for those different yes, variations. Yes, the cartoons
1: are different. Um, the films are still Frank Oz. Um, but, you know, so he, he he's like, oh, yeah, no. Uh, he's like, I'll send you something. Um, you know, you can record it and I can hear hear how it sounds. And I was like, great, you know. So <laughs> a couple days later, uh, you know, he sent me a little script. He's like, hey, you know, record some of this and see how, how it is. was like, great. So I sent that back to him. He's like, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I'm going to send you the full script. (laughs) It's like 17 lines. It's not a huge part. Um, But it's the first time in his star Wars films that Yoda appears. So it was like a big secret. So I recorded my stuff alone. I didn't record with any of the rest of the cast. And, uh, and I had to stay mum about it all summer. So I actually recorded back in August and the film finally premiered last week, (laughs) like on Friday um on on Star Wars uh, fan film page so
0: so the rest of the cast was surprised
1: um well they they knew that Yoda was appearing I don't know that they knew it was me um cuz so I got a couple messages from people like oh my god I didn't I didn't realize it was you um but oh it's just been it's been cool it's been fun to keep it secret and
0: <laughs> how was that recording without anyone to be like your partner to react off of.
1: Well, it was very interesting too, because I didn't get, I didn't get the script. I got my lines. Oh. Um, and then Ray gave me direction by referencing, uh, scenes in the star Wars films with Yoda and said, you know, this version of Yoda that, so he took what I talked to him about at comic con to heart. And he kind of went back and, and picked scenes from various films so that I had the inspiration of the inflections that I should be using kind of the tonality. And, uh, and so I, I recorded it all and I sent him a couple variations for every line. Um, so he could kind of pick and choose between slightly different performances. Um, and then I actually got a note back from him like a week or two later. He's like, Hey, um, you're right. You totally nailed this particular Yoda sound. And I was wrong. That wasn't the one that I needed. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like this one line. He picked Yoda talking to the younglings in attack of the clones. I think it was, Um, or maybe it was revenge of the Sith. Um, He's talking to a room full of younglings and he, you know, Yoda in that instance is very, hmm, he's higher pitched and he's softer. You know, he's giggly, but not in the kind of mischievous way that he is in, in empire. You know, he's just, it's just like youthful Yoda. He's with the children and he kind of taps into his youth and he's like, it's a little too, it's, he's like, it's pitch perfect. He's like, now that I see it and hear it, he's like, you're, you totally nailed it, but it, I need it more like this one. And he sent me another, <laughs> another scene to look at. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, I made a, I made an adjustment and sent that off and he's super happy with it. So, I mean, that's how, I, how we worked is like, these are references to the deal but I had no idea what lines led into what or whatever, so.
0: And now that you've listened to it, are you surprised at like where they came in or was it kind of what you're anticipating?
1: I don't know what I was anticipating um, because I didn't even know what Yoda they were using for my character, you know? Like I have, you know, the the 13 inch tall Yoda maquette, you know, motion Mm. animated doll over here. I've had various Yoda like Beanie baby type dolls. Like, I, I just had no idea which version of Yoda would show up on screen because it's one of the fun things Ray does is he doesn't use like one line of the toys for the toys. So like um, Han Solo in star Wars, the toys awaken is the Lego Han Solo, but the old version Han from the force awakens. Mm-hmm. Right. And Chewbacca is like a giant um, knitted stuffed toy. So they're completely so the scale is,
0: scaled yeah, off. Yeah, of scale is different across and the board. So Lego
1: Han is flying the Lego Millennium Falcon, and like all the rest of the toys are riding on top of it because they can't fit inside the, the Falcon. You know, uh, so it's just it's fun because he he plays with the fact that you know children have whatever toy they get. They don't necessarily get like the the whole specific lineup of a certain type of toy. They get whatever you know, is a gift on on Christmas or a gift for their birthday or, you know, whatever. And uh, so it's fun. Cause they're all mixed up. So I, I had no idea what Yoda would show up. And um, Ray actually sent me a little test piece of footage uh, of about a month ago. It was like two seconds. And it was, it was the bit where I say, Yoda, you seek Yoda. Right. <laughs> and, and it, <laughs> And it's a floating beanbag head Yoda. (laughs) Like, there's no body. It's just Yoda's face on a beanbag with green ears, you know? (laughs) I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Because it's totally unexpected. It's not at all the Yoda I expected him to be. But his face is fully animated, unlike a lot of the other toys, which are, you know, action figures. It's a
0: beanbag and they squish it. It's a
1: beanbag. No, no, he actually, like, animated. Like the lines of Yoda's face on the on the beanbag. Oh wow! So I actually have a fully animated face in in the piece. I'm like the only character that has. I think it's me and Lego Han have like fully animated faces, and all the rest, for the most part, are you hear their voices and their heads bob up and down. They're action figures, you know but there's not a lot of animation on them. This is the, they move, hmm. but their facial features don't change, you know? So it's kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, hey, my cool. Yoda, like actually is talking. <laughs> He's got no body. He just floats around, which is kind of neat. Just too, a head. <laughs> But, uh, no, it was fun because, you know, as a director, I've, I've been on that side of it where I keep everything secret and contained to a few people who get to know what exactly is happening with the construction of the film. And then a boom, I get to release it to everybody. I get to enjoy being on that side of it where I see everybody's first reaction. So it was very interesting to be on the other side of that with this one where I only knew that I had these like specific lines and no idea how it was going to look, how it was going to fit in, (laughs) you know, nothing. So it was, it was, it was a very, very interesting experience. I enjoyed it immensely, but because I put myself out there a couple of years ago to do the film awards because I, I believe in the film awards for San Diego filmmakers. Um, and, and the things that, uh, it encourages us all to do as a community, but it's because I put myself out there and became a committed active member of this community that this opportunity came up, you know? And so that's kind of neat. So it's a small little thing where I've jumped out there and I've, I've, kind of made things happen but you know a little childhood dream of mine just like got fulfilled this week yeah people can go to starwars.com and hear me be yoda like that's i still can't quite like get over it
0: well <laughs> you know? i mean just think think how many like childhood nerd dreams have been accomplished this year you got to be on a panel at comic-con I was
1: on a panel Comic Con. Uh, we year. got to do
0: all sorts of stuff at WhoCon. like just checking them off the list
1: yeah yeah, it's been it's been a good year. It's been a good year. And I actually worked on my first documentary series this year and got to travel the country doing interviews and stuff. And, you know, that was pretty incredible. That was a paid gig. It was like six months of work. Um, which, you know, as a filmmaker, that's that's the dream too, right? Like yeah. <laughs> to have a a big series to land and consistently work for months, like
0: I mean, I think incredible. this year has been kind of like a, when it rains, it pours sort of situation for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause then the summer was like, de- it was like dead. <laughs> there was nothing until Yoda, <laughs> but then Yoda came,
0: but then you got, you got to do all the stuff at Comic-Con. So that was what July.
1: Yeah. I did get to go into hall H and stuff at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which I, I've never gotten to do before, which was cool. Um, but being on a panel was just like, you know, and thank you to Neil Halford, um, for making that dream happen. Um, yeah, it's a, it's been a good year, you know, once you sit back and kind of, kind of reminisce on how it all went, you know, and the film awards this year was at Humphreys by the Bay. It was a really big show. You know, we weren't sure how that was going to go off because it was outdoors and we had to bring in all the set pieces and the show went very, very well and aired on PBS.
0: <laughs> I was running around changing in and out of outfits. So I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just know where I am in this moment and I know what outfit I'm supposed to have on.
1: Well that was a whirlwind of a night for you, yeah.
0: Yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah, I was going from being Marty McFly to being uh me as one of the nominees and then back to Marty and uh that was it was crazy.
1: <laughs> and then you won the big nut.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah, it's been a good year. I, I, I think I think it's good sometimes to stop and just look back and and kind of remind yourself of the good things that happened because it it is sometimes easy to focus on all the negative like like oh i didn't work for a month and a half yeah but i had like six months of working on docuseries which that's never happened before (laughs) like that's pretty incredible um we got to like add to all our gear and stuff because of that show so you know we're more decked out now than we've ever been for shooting stuff going forward and Um, there's a number of new opportunities that are cropping up, which I actually want to talk to you about, uh, offline. Oh, (laughs) Uh, you
0: guys don't get to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there are certain things you don't want to put out there until you know it's actually going to happen. Um, but there are, there are opportunities, uh, to pursue going into next year, which I think are, are exciting.
0: But yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, sometimes, uh, well, I mean, like you said, sometimes you focus on the negative, but also sometimes you just get so caught up in it, everything that you don't have time to relish and note those moments when it's like, oh yeah.
1: Can't see the happened. forest through the trees. That
0: was kind of awesome. And that happened. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, we're approaching into the end slide of this year, you know, getting closer to, it's almost Thanksgiving already. That's insane. Mm. Um. So yeah, it's a good time to take stock and, uh, reevaluate where we're going and changing directions and forward onward. Tally ho. Tally ho.
1: They say. Tally ho. Um, that's Brian. Uh, he might be, oh, uh, no, sorry. I can't talk right now. Um, so, yeah, so we're actually, we're, we're at a good point to start wrapping up, but, um, so you're making the leap. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it you anticipate for yourself going into 2019? Like, are, are you, are you going to be actively pursuing like work in LA? Are you going to be actively pursuing work in San Diego? Like what, what is, what is your anticipation? Are you going to be spending a lot of time traveling?
0: yes to all of the above. Um, anybody who wants to like hire me, (laughs) I, uh, I'm putting feelers out there everywhere. So, um, I don't, I already commute a lot anyway, so there's no problem with going up to LA. Um, but there's plenty of really good work here in San Diego. So, uh, what all of it, (laughs) all of it. Um, I, I hope to do, you know, I'd love to do some commercial work, And like I said, I'm really interested in doing voiceover work now that I'm starting to like dip my toe into that realm. Talking is a lot harder than everybody thinks, actually. Mm. (laughs) So I I need to practice the talking. And uh,
1: everybody thinks that that film awards voice just like came out of me. But I I took some time to figure out how to do that one because it's not my normal voice by any means.
0: Well, and that's one thing, I mean, I, I know as an actor, like I've done this throughout my life, just played with like, what can my voice do? But I know that I haven't really even started to to mine the things that I probably could utilize my voice for. Um, mostly because, you know, like I've come up in a very physical acting sort of uh, technique and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done I've done some voice work, but I haven't played with my voice the same way that I've Practice to see what weird things my body can do. <laughs> right. Um. So there's that. Uh. And you know, I, I I'm a big advocate of always training as a performer. So there's a couple of classes that I definitely want to jump into uh, now that I'm going to have a little free time. Um. Hopefully not too much free time. But yeah, I I want to try and get some more film work in and definitely like TV work. All of it. I'd like to do all of it and wherever, wherever they'll have me, you know? So,
1: well, we tell people all the time on the show, you know, put it out there. Amazing things happen when people put stuff out there on our show. So,
0: oh, so what's my thing to put out there? Um, I would like, okay, universe, here we go. I would like to get a guest star spot on a network show. There it is. That is my putting it out there for 2019 a guest star spot on a network show
1: that's a good goal
0: that would be awesome
1: that's a very good goal and we we here will be supporting you the whole whole way anything and everything that i can do to help you out with that wit, you know i'm i'm your cheerleader in the back
0: thank you david
1: um and uh you know i hope that you will continue as an audience to listen to whitney's journey uh on this show as we uh continue to interview people uh in their own journeys and uh, as I continue my journey along as well, although I haven't talked about myself much in a while, um, till today. <laughs> um it's but, I was uh, asking
0: questions. I was <laughs> I was redirecting. There was too much spotlight on me. I'm like, let yeah. me flip this thing around. <laughs> yeah, I see how it is. um
1: but uh but you know this is the intellectual podcast and predominantly uh I think the show's about talking to people about their journeys. Of course. Um we talk to entertainers a lot and you, you always correct me that we also talk to scientists and politicians and whatever. And it's true. We talk to all sorts of people of all different, uh, uh, backgrounds and professions. But in the end, the discussions here are about the journey, the journey that people are on the journey that, that they're, they're taking and the things that inspire them to do it. And, um, I think the unique thing with you and me is we're always on the show. And I think sometimes we forget to talk about our own journey as well. So it's I'm true. glad we've had this opportunity to sit down and have an episode, just the two of us to chat. Yeah, I think it's kinda uh, nice. we should do it again, you know, on a more kind of regular basis. Um, just because it's our show and we should put yeah. our stuff out there too. Sometimes. Just
0: check-ins. <laughs> um, well, I guess, so if we're putting stuff out there, uh, so I, I mentioned earlier in the show that um, I – was shooting a feature film i'm actually a lead in that feature film and we will be premiering that mid-december out at the uh independent movie theater on coronado oh nice so uh when i get exact dates i'll let you guys know but that'll be coming out really soon actually quite quite a quick turnaround so very excited about that um
1: and what kind of part are you playing in this film?
0: Ooh, I am a corporate spy. So I get, to, I get to play a lot of different roles inside of one role because she has to wear a lot of different hats to manipulate things. Uh, so that's a lot of fun, actually. I got to stretch my acting chops a bit. Every scene is kind of a slightly different variation on this character.
1: And this is a little bit of an extension off of the role that you won your film award for, right? Um,
0: kind of... I feel like, uh, the, the idea got sparked off of that, but Mm -hmm. it's a very different character because the character from the film awards was a pretty brutal assassin who liked to kill people. (laughs) And I'm not going to say that this person doesn't enjoy killing people, but it's, it's more that spy angle. It's more Machiavellian than, um, than stabby stabby.
1: (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. And uh, Tony Cox is in it as Tony well. Tony Cox is
0: in it. Yeah, uh, Raul Uriola is the director and writer. Um Uriola Film. Film No S. <laughs> There's been an ongoing like inside joke about it. Yeah, well, and, and both
1: of them have been on the intellectual podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, people can go back into the library and take a look at the episodes we've done with them. Uh, Raul's a very interesting filmmaker, um, and actually it was his productions that brought you to my attention. Oh. Um, so, uh, you know, I got to thank Raul always for oh, that.
0: Oh, yeah. The first time that we met that I didn't really remember is uh, at the March of Movies because you That's asked right. me about my accent from Golden Age. hmm And I didn't realize that that was you because I met you later on. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, no, I was there. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a, a very... Um, long islands sort of accent in that. So
1: (laughs) you were very good at it.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, Um,
1: that was golden age, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, which we went into massive amounts of detail on the intellectual podcast with Raul. So, you know, make sure you go back and take a, take a listen to that episode with Raul Uriola and, uh, check out Tony Cox's episode with us as well. Um, and, uh, I just thank you all so much for listening to the show for listening to us and following us in our careers. And uh, you know, hopefully we continue to inspire and entertain and uh, that we can continue to do this for a long time to come.
0: We'll keep you all posted.
1: (laughs) And don't forget to check out all the rest of the shows at the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. Everything from video games to comic books to reviews of the CW Arrowverse shows. Um, they've got all sorts of the nerddom covered in our sister programs at Gunna Geek. So make sure you're checking them out on a regular basis. And until next time, you've been listening to The Intellectual Podcast with David. And Whitney. And we will talk again soon.
0: Bye. Hello there,
1: citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flash, no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck telling you please talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm (laughs) whatever the heck that means after all you are watching intellectual podcast with your ears